All right. What is going on, guys? It is time for the Chasing Waypoints podcast. And this time around, we have got the 2022 Dakar. So if you guys have been following along, this is the podcast and the updates that we have been doing uh, for the new or the 2022 Dakar rally. Yeah, all sorts of stuff going on today. So uh, stage five in the books. And uh, a lot of stuff happened today. So we're going to definitely get into that. We're also going to get into a couple of questions that I got. So if you guys heard uh, yesterday's web or yesterday's podcast, uh, you uh, you would have found out we were talking a little bit about mileage and some of the new rules that are coming as far as uh, speed limits and stuff like that. So uh, we'll talk a little bit. I got a couple of questions uh, that we wanted to get answered uh, for that one. But... That is enough of the blabbering and whatnot. Let's talk about stage five, and then we'll get to those questions. So off camera here, I'll get the music turned down ever so professionally. Look at that perfect timing right at that pause. Uh, Maybe not so much, but all right. So let's see here. Let's talk a little bit about uh, stage five. So first and foremost, the big news, uh, one of the big things that did happen uh, for today's thing, and it was kind of a bummer to see. It was one of the first things I saw in the morning, and that, of course, was uh, Skylar Howe's withdrawing from uh, today's uh, or excuse me, from the 2022 Dakar rally. So a bit of a bummer on that one. Unfortunately, it uh, I guess he he got knocked pretty good. Still managed to pull a ninth, so he's definitely fast still, but just unfortunately that didn't work out for him this year. Uh, it's a really bummer to see that because from following along and checking what they were doing, it really did look like they were putting on or he was basically painting this like perfect rally uh, for him. So it definitely hurts that much more. So uh, speedy recovery to him, and I hope that everything, um, he's, he's right back at it and right back at the next uh, world rally. Uh, they are because it is now a, a world rally championship through that. Um, I guess he did get to score some points at least uh, for that championship. So uh, each stage being scored uh, with points. So that should be an interesting thing. Let's see wh- how that shakes down. Uh, Mason Klein continues um, to to put together his rally, believe finishing sixth on the stage today. Uh, so that's also a good performance out of him. Uh, but yeah, definitely a lot of people hitting the ground uh, on today's stage. I guess there was definitely some uh, challenging terrain, and and you know ultimately it's it's going to cause uh, going to cause issues. Um, so, and that actually I think will tie in a little bit later to what we're talking about as far as the uh, speed limit rules that are coming. So uh, we'll we'll go over that. So anyway, uh, let's see. Let's get to um, let's see here. Let's get to our stage five. Okay, so stage five, let's talk standings for the stage. So again, there were 560 kilometers yesterday with 346 kilometers of special uh, liaison being 214 kilometers. Don't have my notes here, but I will get uh, I'll get those numbers out to you. But as far as miles go, um, if you figure 62 miles for every 100 mile or 100 kilometers, uh, you're looking at about 300 uh, 300 and then plus another six, six, uh, 350 ish miles, uh, total ran for the day today. So that's going to include both your time section. And that also includes the liaison, which is the commuting from 
once again, from the bivouac to the start line, from the finish line to the bivouac. So they don't necessarily split it right down the middle. Sometimes it's a little more here or a little more there. It just depends on the stage and where it finishes. So, uh, okay. In uh, the bike category. So for today's stage, stage five, which was just a loop from Riyadh to Riyadh, uh, you had Danilo Petrucci uh, on the Tech 3 KTM factory racing bike, three hours, 23 minutes and 46 seconds. Uh, Ross Branch finishing just two seconds behind him. And then you had a natural Cornejo in the three spot uh, finishing five seconds back. So super tight stage for these guys. Uh, we did know uh, one thing to note is, is that uh, not bad. Uh, Danilo Petrucci, this is his first Dakar. Uh, officially, he's out of the general running of it, but uh, he is still competing for stage wins. So that's pretty cool. You know, the organizers don't send you packing uh, after the. Uh, after that uh, first DNF or whatever it is before it was like, nope, that's it. You're out. You know, uh, you can catch a plane at the local airport. So anyway, so that's your top three for this stage. And then number four, Ricky Brabeck, uh, one minute and 32 seconds back. A little bit of a gap there. Toby Price uh, finishing in fifth with a 146. And if you guys are wondering where I'm getting, this is actually right out of the Dakar app. So uh, you guys can check that out and, and review that if you'd like. Uh, in the sixth spot, Mason Klein on the BAS Dakar KTM racing team bike. Three minutes, 21 seconds back. So super tight stage. I think we're going to get through the top 10 in less than 10 minutes. Uh, Andrew Short, seventh, four minutes and 29 seconds. Kevin Benavides, uh, eighth, four minutes and 42 seconds. Followed by, uh, let's see, Mr. Michek, Martin Michek. Uh, finishing seven minutes and seven seconds back. So this is, that's where you kind of see a little bit of that three-minute gap between eighth and ninth. Uh, and then Luciano Benavides uh, on the Husqvarna factory racing bike, seven minutes and 25 seconds. So basically seven minutes and 25 seconds separating the top 10 bikes on today's stage. So that is pretty tight. Your rally leader, uh, well, Matthias Wagner, uh, on the uh, Red Bull KTM, uh, 7 minutes, 32 seconds. So, I mean, just barely missed that top 10 on this one. And then your rally leader, Sam Sunderland, 8 minutes and 3 seconds off the lead. Uh, so not bad for Sunderland. Uh, that 12th spot means he's starting 12th tomorrow, and he's got a, he's got a few fast guys to follow. So uh, it should be interesting. It should help stretch his lead out, I think, a little bit. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that, uh, how that goes. Um, you know, as, as the day progresses. So anyway, all right, so let's jump over to the general standings. Uh, here we go. So, all right, Sam Sunderland on the gas, gas factory racing bike, 19 hours, one minute and 50 seconds total. Uh, Matthias Wachner, your second place guy now two minutes and 29 seconds back. So, uh, from one day to the next, from stage four to five, uh, Matthias knocking off about 31 seconds. He was three minutes flat yesterday. He's now two twenty nine back. So, uh, Adrian Van Beveren, uh, on the Monster Energy Yamaha Rally team is five minutes and 59 seconds back. Uh, Daniel Sanders fourth right now, sitting eight minutes and one second back. That, again, is on the Gas Gas Factory racing bike. Uh, then we got uh, Santolino uh, on the Sherco factory bike. So right now is the highest place Sherco in fifth overall uh, with a 15-minute, 27-second deficit right now. Uh, Pablo Quintanilla, we are on that, uh, or he is on that Monster Energy Honda, 16 minutes, 55 seconds back, uh, followed by Ross Branch in the number seven spot, Monster Energy Yamaha Rally Team, 18 minutes and 15 seconds back. Kevin Benavides on the Red Bull KTM factory bike, 21, 51 back. 
And then it is Svetko in that number nine spot. Uh, Slonov rally team, 22 minutes, 50 seconds back. Pareda in that number 10 spot on the Monster Energy Yamaha. Or Yamaha. Here we go again. What is it calling Yamaha Hondas and Hondas Yamahas? I don't get it. Uh, for those playing the home game, you all know Bereda is on the Monster Energy Honda, 22 minutes and 58 seconds back, followed by Andrew Short in the number 11 spot, 34 minutes back, 57 seconds, uh, Monster Energy Yamaha Rally Team. Uh, and then we have Mason Klein uh, now up to the number 12 spot on the BAS Dakar KTM Racing Team, 36 minutes back. So very interesting. Uh, clawing up a couple of spots, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he's got a little over a minute on Toby Price in 13th on the Red Bull KTM. And then Nacho Cornejo in that 14th spot, uh, Monster Energy Honda, he's sitting 42 minutes back. So a little bit bigger of a gap there. Xavier Dussel-Trey, uh, 42-40 back. Uh, Ricky Brabeck in the 16th spot, 48-27 back. Uh, then let's see, I'm going to go down and look for Bradley Cox. He is going to be in the 21st spot, 1 hour, 14 minutes, and 20 seconds. So... One hour, 14 minutes, 20 seconds for Bradley Cox. 36 minutes for uh, Mason Klein. So Mason's stretching out his lead a little bit on the Rally 2 class today. So awesome. Give him a little bit more room to breathe. Uh, From what I'm understanding and from the previews and uh, what I've heard is that tomorrow's stage is supposed to start getting more into that rockier stuff, rockier and more rougher terrain. So should be pretty interesting. I'm I'm thinking we're going to probably see some mix-ups and some stuff going on. Uh, with that as the guys that are a little bit more versed in the dirt side of things uh, will get a chance to shine a little bit better so we'll see how that shakes down so okay let's take a look so that was our recap from stage five the Riyadh to Riyadh loop Uh, let's take a look now at uh, let's see what we got here how far off are we from the start of stage number six now Let's see. Stage six is one hour, 27 minutes and 20 seconds away. So you've got the countdown on the Dakar app if you guys haven't uh, checked that out yet. Uh, So waiting to see for the update here. Um, But app has been doing great so far. So I'm looking forward to uh, to the updates tomorrow morning. So, okay, let's talk about uh, what we were talking about yesterday. Um, So. One of the main things with the fuel mileage that we were talking yesterday was the it's a 250 kilometer minimum uh, distance that the bikes have to make. So that's the organization saying, hey, there will be fuel at a maximum of 250 kilometers from the last time you were able to get fuel. Uh, So if we take a look at that uh, 250 kilometers times that point six two, that is going to get us 155 miles. So you got to get 155 miles at more or less race speed. Uh, to be able to make it to that gas stop now you do want to have obviously some extra fuel on board they recommend at least a minimum of 10 percent uh for that so uh if we're really looking at that 250 um kilometers uh plus 10 percent it's another 25 so you want to have about 275 kilometers uh and then let's do the multiplication times 0.62 you want to have about 170 miles worth of fuel on board Uh, 170 miles for those of you guys that are growing up racing or riding here in southern california if you are cruising you can make a four or five gallon tank go pretty far Uh, but at race speeds it turns into a whole other story Uh, before and on last year they did uh, or a couple years ago they did have uh, the rule where maximum was 35 liters so you kind of had to tune the bike and make it work 
um, to be able to make the distance. So at one point that was actually even further, I believe it was 300 kilometers is what they were doing. But right now I think, uh, 300 kilometers is a smart choice anyway. So, uh, get a sip of my non-adult beverage here. Okay. Um, all right. So that was what we were talking about yesterday. So, okay, well now you got to stretch the fuel mileage. So I did some digging today. And the digging that I did was to find out, okay, well, what kind of speeds are they seeing? Because if you guys were listening to yesterday's update, uh, we did talk a little bit about, um, excuse me, we did talk a little bit about the speed limit, right? So the Dakar is going to try and impose a speed limit of 150 kilometers uh, per hour uh, for next year. So what does that mean? We were, we did the math. That was about 93 miles an hour. So they're going to limit the bikes down to 93 miles an hour. So for most desert off-road bikes racing Baja nowadays, I believe the magic number is about 99, just over 100 um, on a dry lake bed flat surface. That's that's where you want to be. So it's hard to get information from as far as top speeds go from some of the teams. I, I, I tried to get a little bit of info, but I felt a little bit of resistance there. Uh, and getting that, and that's totally cool because, you know, that's maybe that's the way they're tuning and somebody, well, if that bike can go that fast, we need to be going that fast. So that obviously is going to change for the next year when they impose the speed limit rule. So let's talk a little bit about that. So what, what does that mean versus the bikes that are going now? Well, uh, the best information that I could find, uh, came from actually Ricky Brabeck, uh, racing Vegas Torino, uh, on his practice rally bike now, which is totally awesome i mean if you think about it you know i believe from the recap that i read is he had to stop three times the whole time the whole way uh which was pretty crazy you know for that that whole distance uh with one of those being like a full maintenance like tires and everything you know filters all of that stuff on the bike which was cool so you are you know and you're not having to leapfrog every 50 miles on pits and stuff like that and have gas in all these places so it makes it a little bit easier i think and uh and i did see a video of uh three quick fills on the bike, uh, which was pretty cool. So anyway, so from my understanding and the rumor on the street for that is 115 on a rally bike. Um, and obviously it makes a very big difference because on the next year, uh, you started to see little fairings on, uh, on some of these bikes and that right there is like key indicator, like, okay, so obviously there's the, they're trying to get the speed up a little bit, you know, and if you want to, think about it in a way and um you know we've all done it right you're heading down the street and it's you know a 50 mile an hour speed limit and you're doing 65 and you know you don't realize how much faster that is until there's somebody doing 50 and you're like oh okay yeah 15 miles an hour makes a big difference so if those bikes are barely getting to 100 but then these factory tuned bikes are are able to get to that 110 115 you start closing gaps pretty fast especially when it's flat so they're going to take that advantage away by going to the one the 150 kilometer mark, right? Where we said 93 miles an hour. Uh, so let's let's see what that is uh, in. Uh, let's go from km or miles to km. We're going to go with the the Google conversion here to km per hour. Okay, so let's see here. So my speed in miles per hour is going to be, we'll go with 112. We'll go with 112. 
Uh, 112 is 180 kilometers an hour. So we're talking about 30 kilometer an hour difference uh, in between that. So uh, that would be, uh, let's see, 30 kilometers per hour. Let's see if it'll go backwards here. Let's go 30 kilometers an hour. Uh, that's about an 18 mile an hour difference uh, of what we're talking about. So yeah, sure. It doesn't sound like a whole lot, but on a dry lake bed, it is. Um, and like what we were talking about yesterday, you know, I do feel like that is going to push uh, teams to be riding faster in areas where they shouldn't be. Because if everybody can go 150 in a straight line, then cool. You know, we've seen that in street racing and you've also seen Honda Civics that can't race a straight line, but you know, whatever um so that's the whole thing you know if you've got the beans to be able to do it and you're like you know what i can send it down a dry leg but cool but you got to understand that everybody can do that but not everybody can ride faster in the rough stuff and on that stuff so is it going to put a bigger um a bigger pressure on the teams to produce a bike that has better suspension that has better handling in the rough so that they can make up more time there i think so but it's forcing teams to go faster, I think, in those sections where maybe you don't necessarily want them to. You know, I don't know. Food for thought. That's at least my my two cents and my very limited uh, experience opinion in it, uh, looking from the outside in on that. So anyway, that's enough about that. That was the, really the two things that I wanted to cover about the, uh, the fuel distance uh, relative to miles and then the new uh, speed limit that they're trying to impose. So let's see here. Let's go check out uh, today's stage and see what we got. Okay, so stage number six. Stage number six, pretty much the same thing, 620 kilometers. Uh, and they are doing 404 kilometers of that is going to be special. And then 216 of that is going to be liaison. So uh, let's jump on the calc really quick. 620 uh, times 0.62. And 384 miles total distance today. And then they are going to be doing, let's see here, we go back over here, 404 miles or 404 kilometers of timed special stage. So that's what contributes to their overall time. Uh, 250 miles. So basically they're running, they're running the San Felipe 250-ish uh, for today. So 250 miles, not, or 250 miles isn't bad for a race, but they've also already done over a thousand miles racing, uh, across these last five days. So, uh, let's see. And then our liaison pretty easy today, 216 kilometers. So should not be too bad. So times 0.62 and 133 miles. So I'm sure they're relieved to not be on the bike for so long on the highway, but as from my understanding, it's still pretty cold. So, Hopefully it's not too too bad for the guys. Uh, let's go over to the stage description for today. Uh, wrapping up the first week of racing, the second loop stage around Riyadh will explore the west of Riyadh. Co-drivers will have to be on high alert to navigate the web of intersections in the first part of the special. The dunes make their first appearance halfway through the stage, uh, where the Sea of Dunes, about 40 kilometers long, awaits. Whoever gains an advantage here will be able to press it home uh, on the fast tracks in the finale. So what it sounds like to me is some rougher, rougher stuff, maybe in the beginning, probably some fast stuff, then getting into some dunes, and then it's just going to be full send uh, the last uh, the last bit. So uh, that, I think, will definitely give a uh, an advantage to the guys that can ride in the rougher terrains. 
uh, 40 kilometers in the dunes. I have no idea. I'm not a dune rider. I'll stick to the, uh, to the sand washes and stuff like that. Um, and then from there it just goes full send. So we'll see. Uh, I mean the, the yo-yo is in full swing. Uh, if we take a look, go back and I want to see kind of what the starting order looks like, uh, on this one. So for the stage, yes, I know stage six isn't available yet. So let's see, we're going to have, so Petrucci's leading out branches second, uh, Nacho Cornejo third, Brabeck fourth, Price fifth, Klein sixth. So those guys up towards the top, I would expect them to finish just a little bit lower unless the terrain really lends itself to them. Um, I, w- I would expect them to lose a little bit of time tomorrow, maybe not a whole lot. Um, probably the, the top 10, but as you start going down the line and you start getting more tracks in front of you, especially when it's people that know how to navigate like Mason Klein, uh, Price, Brabeck, uh, Nacho Cornejo, uh, Branch, uh, Petrucci. I mean, obviously, I mean, as a rookie is just doing a phenomenal job as well, just like Mason, uh, and Bradley Cox. But, um, this right now, you know, I'm going to expect to see kind of a flip, uh, on that because that's usually how it goes down. And then the guys that are further back, they're moving up, you know, moving up and, and gaining time because they're able to shortcut stuff. They're able to find, uh, lines a lot easier. You know, what would have been a faint track after 10 bikes isn't necessarily a faint track anymore. Um, so those are just things that happen, you know, as the stage gets open. So the further up you start is actually a disadvantage versus starting towards the back. So, all right. So let's take a look here. So yeah, that is our stage again for tonight. Uh, let's see where we are at live. We're at one hour, 16 minutes and 15 seconds before the start of that. So let's get ready for that one. Uh, let's see what happens. Hopefully, uh, no more, uh, no more news in the morning. Uh, and hopefully everybody has a great stage. So definitely looking forward to that. So once again, if you guys have been, uh, tuning in, I really appreciate it. Uh, we're doing this, uh, this time around for the Dakar, uh, doing stage briefings tomorrow morning or tomorrow throughout the day. If you haven't already, uh, check out the Dakar daily podcast, uh, with Jesse Ziegler and, uh, Quinn, uh, Quinn Cody, uh, that is who, or Cody Quinn, that is who I've been listening to. Oh, Quinn Cody. Um, that is who I've been listening to and getting some information is pretty cool. I mean, he's got basically the whole KTM on speed dial, uh, which is awesome. So get some updates from them and at the races, uh, and the people that are over there. So looking forward to listening to that again. If you're not listening to it, you should be with that being said, I will see you guys tomorrow. That is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official, and, of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up. And don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week.